You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 218. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Body podcast, and today I want to talk to you about the fat burning zone. Do you remember the fat burning zone long ago? I remember when I used to work out in a gym, there used to be this huge chart in the front of the room, and it would show you all these different zones and it would talk to you about heart rate and which heart rate was the fat burning zone. And it seemed like for a while, and this was so many years ago. I'm aging myself, but it seemed like for a while that that's really what they were saying is you gotta get in this fat burning zone to lose weight. Well, recently a couple clients asked me as well, what zone should I be in for the best weight loss? Should I be in the fat burning zone? Which zone, high zone, this zone? And I thought, well, this is a perfect opportunity. We need to talk about the fat burning zone myth. That's right, there's a lot of misconception around this fat burning zone. And it's really important to understand it. And it's not telling you that you should never be in a fat burning zone, but I want you to understand when it's a benefit, when it's not, and what you should really be doing to maximize weight loss efforts with your workouts. So we're gonna talk about all of that today, but I did wanna just announce a couple things We are like mid-February right now and things are rolling in Earn That Body. I just feel like I am pumping out a lot of new workouts, new programs, and I'm super excited about so many of them. I just wanna make sure that everyone has an opportunity to get involved if it's something that you wanna do. The latest thing that has been the biggest hit is by far ETB Live. These are my personal training strength groups that are online and they are live streaming. So they are small groups because I am literally looking at every client in the group, pushing them, helping them with form, and really making sure that they are maximizing their time in this strength training session for best results, of course, to get ripped, to get toned, to really put on that muscle. Now, if you feel like you need that extra accountability, you need that help with strength training, you need that push to show up for it, then ETB Live is definitely for you. Shoot me an email, kim at earnthatbody.com, and let's see if we can get you into one of the next sessions. They do sell out fast because they are very small groups. Another thing that's new is the Reboot program. The Reboot program is for people who have already done a session of Earn That Body. They know what to do. They've maybe done phase two as well, but they need a little more accountability. Maybe they've slipped back to some old ways, or maybe they just want a little help pushing forward as we get ready, I can't even believe, in the next couple months for spring break. And maybe you wanna put on a bathing suit for spring break, right? But maybe you need a little extra help. The Reboot Program, 21-day program, is for you. Yes, you had to have completed at least Earn That Body five-week session. But again, if you have questions about that or any program, shoot me an email, kim at earnthatbody.com. Now let's talk about the fat burning zone right after this. And now it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, we are talking about how to boost immunity 
this winter, because we are in winter right now, and of course, I never know when you're going to actually listen to this podcast, but we are February 2021 right now. And let me tell you, nothing can guarantee you won't catch a cold, nothing can guarantee you won't get the flu, or even sadly coronavirus this winter. But there are certain foods that can help your immune system and help you more effectively fend off these germs. Now they say the more colorful your produce, the better, because the compounds that create those bright green, red, yellow, and even orange shades are antioxidants. And this is discussed by Chia Lee Charles. She is an RDN. And she says that antioxidants such as vitamins A in the form of beta carotene and vitamin C protect your immune cells from damaging oxidation. And vitamin A helps regulate the immune system and protects against infections by keeping skin and tissues in the mouth, in the stomach, even in your intestines and respiratory system healthy. And it's easy to get in vegetables like sweet potatoes, carrots, broccoli, spinach, and red bell peppers that are plentiful all winter long. And your citrus fruits are another great source of vitamin C, which stimulates the production of infection-fighting antibodies. So all of these things are so good to keep in mind in the winter. I always say eat the full rainbow. You want to have as many colors as you can on that plate. Remember, they're saying bright green, red, yellow, orange shades. These are all the things that are gonna show you've got some antioxidants in there. So the green bell peppers, the red bell peppers, the yellow bell peppers, such an easy thing to throw into a stir fry. Really make them as colorful as can be. And of course, as they said, the citrus fruits, like even an orange, gorgeous orange, right? The color is orange, it's delicious. It's gonna help you with that vitamin C. So think about it this winter. Don't just rely on a vitamin in a bottle, which is not always the best. They actually don't even know if vitamins in a bottle are helping that much. That's a whole other podcast I've done before. But what we do know is that real food in our body is the best way to get in the nutrients and the vitamins that we need. So think about that as a way to stay healthy all winter. Now, what is a fat burning zone? Maybe you're sitting here and you're like, I don't even know what a fat burning zone is, or I've heard of it, but I don't really understand what it is. It sounds good, right? I mean, it sounds like the cellulite is just going to get squeezed out of my body (laughs) during the workout, right? And anybody wants that, I'm sure. Now, what is a fat burning zone? Let's first talk about what it is and how you figure out that zone. Your heart rate can help you measure the intensity of your exercise, right? So you know if you're working out really hard, the heart rate's gonna go up. If you're just sitting here, the heart rate's not really doing much at all, but keeping you going, it's still beating, I hope. But for most people, the heart beats anywhere between 60 and 100 times a minute, and that's while you're at rest. Uh, The heart rate increases, as I just said, during exercise, and the harder you exercise, the more your heart rate will increase. Side note, the more fit you are, that would mean that your heart rate is going to be lower. It's going to be lower at rest, and it's even going to be lower when you work out, which is great, right? I think that's awesome. You don't have to work out. It is at as hard an intensity in some sense as you could say because you're more fit and yet you might be realizing also though, the more fit you get, you might not burn as many calories. 
the lighter you are, you might not burn as many calories. But that's a side note, okay? So when you work out in what's called the fat burning heart rate zone, your body is basically tapping into fat stores for energy instead of using the basic sugars and the carbohydrates. So think about that for a second. When your body needs energy, it has to get it from somewhere and it can literally take it from your fat stores or it often takes it from our carbohydrates in the system, all right? Your fat burning heart rate is about 70% of your maximum heart rate. And your maximum heart rate is the maximum number of times your heart rate should beat during a high intense activity. And to determine your maximum heart rate, there is sort of this generic equation. Now, it's not super accurate, but it is a great way to get a sense of where you might be. So to determine that maximum heart rate, you would subtract your age from the number 220. So an example would be a 35-year-old woman, her maximum heart rate would be calculated by 220 minus 35, and that would give you 185 beats per minute as her maximum heart rate. To be in the fat burning zone, she would want to be at 70% of this 185 number that we just calculated, and that comes out to about 130 beats per minute. So now you're thinking, okay, so we should just work out in that fat burning zone. It's a nice low heart rate. That's like lots of easy workouts probably, maybe just walking, and that that's the best way to lose weight, right? Then I'll only burn fat and that's gonna be awesome. It's just like I said, that cellulite's just gonna drip off while I'm taking this walk. Well, I'm sure you realize that that is not exactly how it works. And basically, the fat burning zone has truly been misinterpreted. And this was said by Rachel Cosgrove and she wrote a full article called The Myth of the Fat Burning Zone for Active.com. She says the fat burning zone is a concept that the body burns a greater amount of fat at a lower intensity aerobic exercise than it does at higher intensities. At these lower intensities, the body may burn 50% of its calories from fat, while at higher intensities, it may only burn 35% from fat. But at higher intensity exercise, what do you think happens? You burn way more total calories. And when you do that, you burn more fat calories overall as well than you would for just a low intensity workout. Now, another article that was in the Washington Post's wellness section, and it was written by Scott Douglas, who is a contributing author to Runner's World. Well, he said, your body primarily fuels itself by burning a mix of stored fat and carbohydrates, just like we were saying, right? The less active you are at a given moment, the greater the percentage of fuel comes from fat in your body. As your intensity of activity increases, the percentage of carbohydrates that you're burning as this fuel will also increase. At rest, they say fat constitutes as much as 85% of calories burned. That figure shifts to about 70% at an easy walking pace. If you then transition to a moderate effort run, 
the mix becomes about 50% fat and 50% carbohydrates, and it moves increasingly towards carbohydrates the faster you go, which is one reason when you're doing a lot of high-intensity workouts, you want to make sure that you have carbohydrates in your system because that is the source of energy your body is going to go to first. And you want that energy, right? And you want to burn those carbohydrates and you want to burn those calories. Otherwise, if you don't have that energy, you're going to be super sluggish in the workout. You're not going to make it to the end. You're not going to be able to burn all those calories because you just don't have the fuel that the body needs. Now, it's true that at some workout intensities, you're burning a higher percentage of fat than at other intensities, meaning in this fat burning zone, you are in fact burning more fat than carbohydrates. But that doesn't mean that this biological process is some key to weight loss. Because what's happening is you're forgetting about calories. And although it might sound better for weight loss to burn a high percentage of fat, the real world effect of that intensity on your body composition is basically next to nothing. And the idea that all of a sudden, when you hit this fat burning zone, that it's just, that the fat is just being sucked out of your system, that is so simplistic. And that is said by Christopher Breen, who is an exercise physiologist. And I think that's so funny because that's this vision that I have. Like you're in this vat burning zone and I keep saying the cellulite and I'm thinking of like what I look at and I think of as fat, even though cellulite is very genetic and yes, everyone, I have cellulite. Um, but you know, you, you think that like this, this very simplistic thing of fat being sucked out of your system is what happens in the fat burning zone. It's like some, it's like a magical zone. And you know what, man, I guess we really wish that's what was happening, but it's just not. And if the key determinant of weight loss were the percentage of fat that you're burning, then your best bet would always be to just sit still because that's when you're actually burning the highest percentage of fat relative to carbohydrates. Now, Breen, he also says that total calories burned is what matters and that fact leads to the second big problem with the fat burning zone which is if you're exercising at this lower intensity you're burning fewer calories per minute right the average person walking for an hour is going to burn only a couple hundred calories in that time you could burn more than twice as many calories if you were running cycling using an elliptical machine at a moderate intensity. So how about this? When you schedule a workout, you probably are thinking in terms of time, usually, right? Not, not how many calories am I gonna go burn. You're probably thinking, I have 30 to 45 minutes to exercise before work or after work, or you're just not going to be able to get in the workout at all, right? So you're thinking about the time and what you have to do. And so what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to maximize probably how many calories you can burn in that short amount of time. And if you spend that time in the fat burning zone, uh, you're probably not going to burn much at all, right? And it is important to be active. So that being said, like if you only have 30 minutes to work out and you only can walk, that's still fine. I'm not telling, they're not saying not to do it, 
But the reality is you're not gonna be burning that many calories when you do a low intensity workout like that, especially in a short amount of time. Now also, if you wanna get really into the calculations of it all, the math argues against the fat burning zone if you really dial this in. Walk two miles, say in an hour, and you're probably gonna burn about 200 calories with roughly 140 of them fueled by fat. Cycle moderately for that same amount of time, and you're probably gonna burn around 500 calories with about 250 of them fueled by fat. So you'll burn more calories and more fat if you had done a slightly more intense workout. Now, Breen also says when I worked with people in a gym, she, I would tell them, ultimately, it's a matter of calories. The fat burn will take care of itself. And that's pretty much true, right? You got to burn the calories. Don't worry about the fat being sucked out of your body because that's not really how it works, right? Now, another push for more vigorous workouts, you get an afterburn effect from certain high intensity workouts. So you maintain, what that means is you maintain a higher metabolic rate after high intense exercise, like those HIIT workouts. And the reason is that more damage is basically being done to various systems in your body and you'll get an increased heart rate afterwards while the body is making necessary repairs and recovery. And that's a reason that HIIT training got so popular for for a while and I know people still like it and it's still good to do once in a while but you do get a nice afterburn effect from it but you shouldn't just do hit workouts <laughs> trust me that doesn't work either all right so basically am I saying and are these articles saying and are these people saying that you should skip all fat burning low intensity workouts is that basically just a waste of our time well, no, not if you want to actually lose weight. <laughs> when now you're thinking, wait, what? That sounds completely contradictory to everything you just said. But here's the thing, you guys. You can't train high intensity day after day after day because then your body is likely not ever going to get the proper recovery that it needs. And when we overtrain like that and we run hard one day and we bike hard one day and the next day we're swimming hard and we're doing a strength workout, when we do so much intensity like that, we are overtraining and it will often lead to a complete plateau in weight loss and very often injury. If that sounds like something that you're pretty much always doing, you're like burning the candle at both ends of every kind of workout and you're just constantly hitting it hard, hard, hard every day, long workouts, intense workouts, please go to podcast episode number 112 that I had done a while ago about overtraining. It's called the overtraining syndrome and it is a real thing. And it is why you can't hit high intensity workouts every single day. It is too much for the body and you don't even realize how much you need to eat to sustain that kind of high intensity and when you don't eat enough of the right foods in the right balanced way, the body again holds on to every last pound and it could be the reason why you cannot shed those last five pounds or you cannot shed those last 10 pounds and you're thinking, I work out so hard every day, 
I don't understand. I, I must have to work out more. And you're also in fear of working out less because you're thinking, well, I weigh this much and I work out this hard. Oh, God only knows what's going to happen if I work out less. I'm going to weigh even more. But it doesn't work like that. Okay, so definitely don't fall into that trap and check out Overtraining Syndrome podcast episode number 112 if that sounds like you. So what can we do? The best thing you can do for weight loss and overall health in terms of these workouts is number one, you want to get in about two, maybe three quality workouts per week max. And when I say a quality workout, those are generally your higher intensity workouts, your higher heart rate workouts, those things like your hit style, maybe interval runs, tempo runs, things that get the heart rate up two times a week, three times absolute max. Number two, get in active recovery days and low impact workout days. So those low impact days are likely to be in that fat burning zone, right? You need these kind of days so that the body gets a chance to rest and recover. And I'm not saying take the day off. I'm saying make it an active recovery day or a low impact day where that heart rate is quite low and that allows your body to still be moving still burning some calories, right? And you're still moving, which is great, but it's not a full day off, but the body is still getting a chance to recover that way on those days. The third thing is I recommend you change up your workout program when you can get, can to get sufficient cross training and shock to the system. So if you've been doing the same workouts for the last six months or the last year, or you're super into your Peloton and you ride every single day, but your body isn't changing, or maybe you go to Orange Theory every single day, which is too hard a workout, you guys. That's too hard every single day. Um, that's not giving your chance to recover. But if you're doing these things every single day and you're not changing it up, then your body is now just used to those workouts. Your body is always looking for a way to just like find a middle ground. And so if you do the same thing, it figures out, okay, this is where she wants to be. I'm gonna hold the weight here. She's gonna do the same workout over and over. I'm not gonna change anything, right? You don't want that. So again, if your body's not changing, you're not losing weight, but you work out and you eat pretty healthy, you might need to change up your workout program. Make sure you cross train. Don't just do the same workout every single day. Biking every day is a lot on your knees. It's a lot on your hips. And you want to cross train to prevent that injury. And again, to shock your system with new things all the time. Because when you shock the body with something new, that's when it has to change. And sometimes I see my clients shed a bunch of weight. All of a sudden they were in a plateau, they come to me and sometimes we just shift their workout plan and the weight starts falling off. It's just that their body got too accustomed to what they were doing. Now, the fourth thing is you can even change the duration of your workout. So for example, I have a program called the Willpower Workout Program, where it's a 21 day program that includes a proper build. That change in duration, what I basically do is the first week is a lower duration in terms of workouts, meaning the work, some workouts are only a half hour long. Um, some out are 45 minutes, but over 21 days, I change the duration and we do a build. By the end, they are 
seriously awesome, hard one hour workouts. But we do this kind of build by changing the duration of the workouts and that also can shock the system. So sometimes you have to change the workout, but sometimes you might just be able to change the duration of the workout. So say you are a runner and you're used to just going out every day and running six miles at the same pace all the time. It's just like an easy pace. You might wanna do a 30 minute run at a high intensity pace, right? So a little bit less time, but maybe you increase the intensity. And then maybe there are some days that you go over an hour slightly for a runner. Again, just depends on what you're doing, what you're ready for, what your level is, but changing the duration of your workouts is another way to make the workout more beneficial for weight loss. And then the last thing, number five is, you gotta take a day off, my friends. If you're burning the candle at both ends with all these workouts, as I said before, and you never give the body a full day to recover. So I told you give it some active recovery days, low heart rate days, that's great. But I also really encourage my clients to take one full rest day and I do it too, one full rest day. And it's usually those people who come to me, again, who can't shed the weight, they've been doing everything, they don't take any days off and they're so afraid to because they already have this this sense that i have to work out this much or i'm gonna i'm gonna weigh even more your body needs more rest than you think it does and when you continuously put workout on top of workout on top of workout into your body it increases the stress level in your body literally Exercise is stress, and so your cortisol levels just keep going up and up and up, and you never give your body that rest that it needs so that cortisol can be released and not be so high. When cortisol levels are high in our body, it's even harder to lose weight. So it's hard because I know that it's counterintuitive of what we've always thought. We've always thought you have to work out hard to lose weight. And here I'm doing this podcast episode saying the fat burning zone is a myth. Don't work out in a low heart rate zone. That's not what I said, right? I just am saying you can't work out in a fat burning zone six, seven days a week and think you're going to lose weight. Fat burning zone is important, in my opinion, for your active recovery, low impact days, which are probably going to be more days than the high intensity days, right? Two to three intensity days max. A little bit of everything is what your body needs, but the body will always do best. I promise you, the body will always do best if you give it more rest and more recovery if you're that person who is just working out too much. Now, if you're that person sitting on the couch and you can really barely get yourself up to do a workout and you're only working out like two days a week, probably you need to start working out more often and maybe you start off with some low impact days to build up and as you start to increase how many days and then increase your duration, maybe then one or two of those days you can increase the intensity as well. And that's really everything. So now you know that the fat burning zone does not mean that the fat is going to come oozing out of your body, (laughs) even though that would be amazing. Um, If that were true, we'd all, no one would probably have a weight problem. It sounds like a pretty easy way to lose weight, but now you know the fat burning zone is sort of a myth. Yes, there is a fat burning zone. Yes, you do burn more fat when you're in that heart rate level, but no, it doesn't really lead 
to weight loss, okay? So that's everything wrapped up in a ribbon for you. If you have any questions, you can always post on my social media. I always do a post for each podcast episode on Facebook, on Instagram, and I love to get any engagement. So once you listen to this, if you have a question about it, that's a great place to post the question. And do follow Earn That Body on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, uh, so that you can get that daily inspiration, education, and everything else you need. All right, so again, if you're interested in getting in ETB Live, strength training, reboot program, or you need the five-week Earn That Body nutrition and fitness program before spring break even happens, shoot me an email, kim at earnthatbody.com, and of course, check out everything in all my programs and blogs on earnthatbody.com. The Earn That Body podcast is always here to bring you fitness, health, and nutrition information that you can put into play right away. Have a great week. Stay safe, stay healthy, and please keep wearing your mask. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.